I know Mark is especially looking forward to moving on from the Pablo talk. Enough of that. He's gone. So we can just uh, we can just continue to now talk about the Red Sox. Is your mic on? Yeah. Mean? All right. So you just got Mark is now up. <laughs> so I, just... I always have at least one moment <laughs> producing where I don't turn the mics off. It's don't one of those things. Like, you hate producing. I hate doing updates. Although my second update was a lot better than my first. I, I had trouble with certain names. Garbinier Muguruza. Yeah. Garbinier. Garbinier Muguruza. Muguruza. Garbinier. That's, that's one that always gets me. But... Yeah, so Mark, you were saying, you know what, Pablo's gone now, he's been designated for assignment, he is no longer a member of the Red Sox, it'll be absolutely 100% official in the next 10 days when he either gets released or traded, but he is no longer a member of this right. team, so we can I, move forward I do now. just want to quickly mm-hmm. uh, answer Mark's question from the last segment on who the guy was that had the worst uh, amount of money left on his DFA'd uh, deal or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. Of the Angels. Yes. Wow. If you yes. remember, right. they signed him to a huge contract. That's right. And he ended up having a lot of personal issues. He relapsed. And, and right. And so they ended up eating uh, more. And it doesn't say here, way to go, SB Nation. Uh, it doesn't say here how much money they actually ended up eating. But they do say that based on the amount of production they got out of the players, I guess they put a lot of math into it. The amount of production that they got... Uh, and couple that with the amount of money left over after he's DFA'd, this is the second worst signing in MLB history, according to SB Nation's numbers. Sayonara. Right, I remember that was actually a big deal because the Angels got two Texas Rangers. They got Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson yep. that same year. Oh, yeah. And that was a really big deal for them. But, um, yeah, no, that that's definitely something that we'll be talking about now for decades. Is right. Unless there's a bigger, worse contract. No, I mean, it's, it's look, we're gonna look back on this, and we're gonna we're gonna end up, you know, years down the line, we're gonna be like talking about other bad contracts, and we're gonna have to have the disclaimer. Well, it's not as bad as the Pablo yeah. signing. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> nothing could be as bad as that. We're gonna despise that signing <laughs> for a while. We're gonna be here in like 2024, being like, no, remember Pablo? <laughs> I don't know why I just aged 40 years. Yeah, good like, ah, you remember that Pablo Sandoval? What a terrible signing that was. Yeah, really. Panda. We're gonna be really walking with our walkers and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Being like. So, guys, now that we're, what, like two weeks and change away from the MLB trade deadline, which is one of my favorite days of the year. We are beyond the halfway point. A few weeks ago, it seemed like the Red Sox were interested in Todd Frazier, but I got to be honest with you, I'm setting on Dave on this one. I like the platoon of Sue Whalen and Devin Marrero, at least until it gets you to Rafael Devers. So I'm not over, I mean, I think they'll still kick the tires on Todd Frazier. But I'm not over the moon about him. I mean, he's good. What, 210, I think, is his average. Yeah. He's got 16 homers and 44 RBI, something like that, last time I checked. Yeah. So it's not like you need to go out and get a guy like Todd Frazier. Well, it depends on the price. Like, I'm not going to go out all out and, and try to get, like, a, a star-studded, you know, third baseman. I think that that's not what they need. I think what they need is a guy that can just come in, fulfill the, the, the hot corner there, uh, can be an adequate hitter, can play the field extremely well. Because I think defense is really what's going to help out the Red Sox. And I do like the platoon of Marrero and Lynn. But at the same time, if you can upgrade slightly, you know, with a, a bigger hitter for not giving up too much, 
Might as well take a shot. Yeah, that's you know, that's sort of where I fall as well. Don't give up anything for a third baseman. No way. You've already depleted this farm system more than enough if you're Dave Dombrowski. You do not need to give up a top prospect in order to bring in a third baseman, especially when you've got Devers coming up the pipeline, right. and it looks like he's ready to hit in the big leagues. He's just not there fielding yet. Um, look, I, I've sort of been on this same level all season when it comes to the Red Sox problems. We talked extensively about whether or not it was the bullpen, the starting pitching, or the hole at third base that was their biggest problem. I think earlier in the season, much earlier in the season, we alluded to third base not really being that number one priority if you're trying to fix the team. It was bullpen arms. till you and traded I- Travis Shaw. Well, well, no, because that had already happened. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, now, there was a completely separate discussion about how badly Dombrowski screwed up by not having a backup plan to Pablo Sandoval. And effectively giving the job to Pablo Sandoval. Right. He gave it to a guy that you weren't even sure was going to be able to be in there for you day in and day out. And then I guess you could say, well, he had Brock Holt as his backup plan. That didn't work out because he's been dealing with the vertigo, but... Uh, Brock Holt's worst position on the field as a utility man is third base anyway. So I give a lot of the blame, obviously, to Sherrington for the for the Pablo signing, but you have to look at Dave Dombrowski earlier this year and say, you went in with Pablo. You had no backup plan. And it got to the point at third base where you were saying it, it shouldn't be the number one priority, but it's hurting you so badly in the field. It kind of has to You be. just need a guy there that's going to at least not hurt you in the field. doesn't even matter if he's giving you production at the plate. Just make the plays at third base in the field. And that was something Pablo was not doing. Now that you have Sue Lin and Marrero platooning at third base, you're getting consistent good defense out of third base. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I'm fine with that. I never thought third base was their number one priority. It was forced upon them to have it be a priority and to be able to figure out what to do there because the fielding was was costing them games. Exactly. That's that's the thing. You just hit on it. It's not that they needed a third baseman who was going to win them games. They need someone at third base, or in this case, a couple guys at third base, who are not going to lose right. you games. And right. as we've discussed these past two segments, Pablo legitimately cost you games. Yeah. Of course. He was like Didi Gregorius in, in that game right. last he, night. Yeah, I mean, like when he was fielding a third and there was a big situation where there were men on late in the game, if there was a ball hit to Pablo, there was a good chance he was going to botch it and allow a run to score. Right. That would legitimately happen and that would be a fear. Right. It's kind of like, I mean, like this is a bad example because Xander Bogarts has turned into a gold glove caliber shortstop, but back when he was younger, we would think, don't hit it to Xander. He's mm-hmm. going to screw it up somehow. He's going to airmail it. Right. That's how I felt with Pablo all year this year. Right. So if they want to go out and acquire a guy like Todd Frazier, he only has, uh, what, like six or seven months left on his contract? Less, right? Because we're, we're coming up on August soon. Oh, yeah, so true. So like two, two what, months whatever, and a couple weeks. Yeah, whatever it is. I, I don't know how much the contract was either, but my point is he can be a rental. He could be a bridge gap for Devers. So either way, you guys, I mean, we can play it out wh- however we like, but – at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, to the asking price. Like, yeah, I, mean, it's I don't think come the down- Sox are going to ask a lot. I mean, um, I don't think the White Sox are going to ask a lot from the Red Sox. Right. Given it's a rental, I don't think the asking price is going to be high. But still, I just don't see any need to unnecessarily shake it up with Suwe Lin and Devin Marrero, Brock Holt. We'll be back at some point. Right. Uh, you know, I think he's progressing down in AAA right now. He's on that rehab uh, assignment. So I really don't see a need for that. Let me ask you this. What what sometimes wins the World Series? We talked about relief pitching, right? I yes. think yeah, I think that's probably the most underrated and 
most often most important part of a postseason roster, or, mo- or at least most overlooked part of a right. postseason roster, because once your starter is out of the game in the sixth or seventh, you're turning it over to your relievers. And in a one-run game, in an elimination game in the postseason in October, you need to make sure the back end of your bullpen is solid. But the second factor, I think, is depth, too, because injuries happen or you know players get into a slump, and that's when you need depth. So I, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. And for my circumstance, I think you can get a lead pitcher in free agency. Maybe K-Rod goes to the, to the Red Sox. Oh, so you're talking about guys that have now become available because they've been waived. Exactly. Sure. And, I mean, there's arms all over the place. Right. But I maintain, and I've maintained this all year, if you have a list of priorities, if you're the Boston Red Sox, my number one priority this trade deadline is that bullpen. I don't think that there's anything else that they really need to do. The starting rotation, yeah, it's been a little bit uh, up and down this year, but that's because they haven't been fully healthy all season. They haven't even, I, I was thinking about this, they haven't had one stretch where they've gone one through five through their uh, pitching rotation the way that it was designed to be going into this year. Right. You know, it was supposed to be price, uh, oh, sorry, sale. Price, Porcello, Rodriguez, Pomeranz. They I, I think it was actually right. Pomeranz initially wasn't even supposed well, to be in okay, the rotation. Okay, so yes, and Stephen Wright. Uh, and you can even take him out and say Pomeranz was the idea for the fifth man. Right. And they haven't had those five strung together at all this season because at various points people right. have been injured. And to the, the Frazier point, if the Red Sox were struggling offensively, then I think it would be a need. Since they are playing pretty pretty well offensively, I would say they don't really need that kind of a bat in a lineup. So you can get away with Lynn and Marrero really being like the platoon at third base. Right, which leaves the bullpen. Which and leaves and the again, bullpen, yeah. I know a lot of people are high on this bullpen. They have performed well this year. They've but crushed I, it. I think they're overachieving. At and I'm still waiting for them. At some point, you just got to give them credit I give for them being credit. what they are. I give them credit for performing the way they are, but I am not convinced that this is how they're going to continue to perform. So what reservations do you have specifically? Uh, Matt, uh, Barnes is a perfect example of a guy who just cannot pitch on the road. He's spectacular at Fenway. He gets nervous on you the road. You have to pitch on the yeah. road. Last time I checked in the playoffs... Joe Kelly, another guy. Joe Kelly's been phenomenal. He yeah, just gave except, up his first earned runs in 21 Ashish, straight innings. You can't pitch him every day. An eighth-inning setup guy you ideally would like to be able to go to whenever you need him, whether that's every day or you know just when you need him in the eighth in tight games. Joe Kelly has this restriction on him where you have to pitch him every other day. So Joe Kelly has holes. You know, and if you want to say, what's his name, Bobby Scott? Has Robbie been good. Scott. Uh, Robbie Scott, has he been great? He's been good. They've all overachieved, though. Average, I'm not putting yeah. all of the eggs in the in the Robbie Scott oh, basket. I'd, I'd say the two guys that I've kind of not been thrilled with this year have been Heath Hembry and Matt Barnes. Other than that, I've been very happy with this bullpen. Even Fernando but, Abad has been but aren't pretty good. There, aren't there still questions for you with all those guys? Like, do those guys really, uh, are those the guys that you want to depend on come the postseason? No, that's why I'm agreeing with you that they need to, they need to go out and get another reliever, yeah, whoever they, that might be. They, it just needs. I'm a agreeing with you in that more, sense uh, to be stabilized. Right, you but need what your about bridge to Craig Kimbrell. Smith comes back? That's another example. Carson I, Smith. It's going to be like a midseason acquisition, but at the end questions. of the day, we don't know right. if he's going to be the same Carson Smith that we saw in those two games. So you exactly. ra- you rather take a shot at the unknown in the bullpen rather than what you have at third base? But I mean, uh, actually, totally, it, it's not totally. based on third base or and um, or reliever. It's nothing like. 
they, they're going to do their due diligence, look at the roster, feel out what they need yeah. in regards to depth the, in the bullpen. The lineup is solid. I know they don't hit for power, but they, they get a runs. ton of hits. They produce runs. And, and when they're all uh, you know clicking at the same time, it's a lethal lineup. So I don't need the offensive production out of third base. I've said this all year. I don't need the offense out of the third base position as long as I'm getting good defense there and they're not hurting you. Right. It's sort of a run prevention type thing right. at third base. Right. Those are the two only positions that I can think of that the Red Sox really need. I, right. I, I mean, agree. In terms of starting depth, when you get Eduardo Rodriguez back, as you just mentioned a second ago, Dave, Sale, Price, Erod, Porcello, Pomerantz, that's your rotation. Porcello was fantastic in his final two starts before the All-Star break. Pomerantz has been... Pomeranz has been better, so I I kind of now sort of have faith in this rotation going in uh, into the final two months here in the in the regular season. One name to watch out for is a sleeper. Dombrowski loves his Tigers. Ugh. Justin Verlander. Could, Verlander ooh, could be could be a play for a Cyrus. Yeah, that's gonna cost. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look at that uh, contract, but that there's a lot left on that. That's gonna cost you. I, I mean, if Dombrowski better do a smart move and not go after him. I'm just saying, former oh, no, Tiger like, Dombrowski need Verlander. I mean, your rotation's pretty much set now. Oh, if they add a starter to this lineup, I, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't hate it, I guess, That's but gonna you're, you're going to have to. Yeah, you're going to have to give up a Devers for. Verlander. I'm not giving up Devers. No, I just either. don't want them to do anything stupid this trade deadline. Yeah, wrapping up hour number one here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere.